Welcome to the sermons and teachings from the Catalyst Fellowship with Ipai Michael. We hope the message you're about to listen to will edify you and cause you to experience exponential growth. And now, the message. 1 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 1. We're going to read 1 to 5. Are you ready? All right, everyone, read together. NKJV, one, two, go. There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zerah, the son of Bekorat, the son of Aphia, a Benjamin. A mighty man of power. Verse two, everybody, one, two, go. And he had a choice, and handsome son whose name was Saul. There was not a more handsome person than he among the children of Israel. From his shoulder upward, he was taller than any of the people. This kind of person say he's built like a god. <laughs> Amen. Let's read the next verse together. One, two, go. Verse four. And through the land of Shalisha. But they did not find them. Then they passed through the lands of Shalim, and they were not there. Then he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they did not find him. Next verse. Come, let us return. Lest my father cease caring about the donkey and become worried about us. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that Saul left his house casually. What was he looking for? His father's donkey. Are you following the story? He searched and he searched and he searched. But he did not find it. We're going to read the next verse. Verse 9. Are you ready? Are you ready? Alright, let's read together. One, two, go. And he said to him, look now. There is in this city a man of God. Who did he say is in a city? What were they looking for? So Saul left his house casually. Looking for a donkey. And you might be thinking, why would they go to a man of God for something as casual as a donkey? Well, it says a lot about Saul, but it says a lot more about the servant. The servant says, there is a man of God. Hi. He says, there is a man of God and he's a honorable man. All that he says comes to pass. So let us go there. Perhaps he can show us the way that we should go. Verse 7, everyone wants to go. Verse 8. Verse 9. Verse 10. Aye. They went to the city where the man of God was. I'm going to read verse 14 together. Are you ready? One to go. So they went up to the city. As they were coming into the city, there was Samuel coming out toward them. 
on his way to the high place. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow, about this time, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Wait. God said, I will send you a man. Was it God that told Saul to come? Who told Saul to come? No, the slave. His servant. So it was a casual meeting. Let's go to the prophet. But the Bible says, God told Samuel, I will send you a man. Listen, you might think your coming here is just by your choice. But God called this meeting. Are you listening to me? What did I say? He says, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. And you shall anoint him commander over my people Israel. That he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me. Two things to note from this. Number one, God knew he was coming. God also knows you were coming for this meeting. You didn't hear me. God knows you were coming for this meeting. Are you listening to me? Number two, God prepared the prophet for Saul. And in this meeting, God has prepared you a prophet. Listen, I, are we still in Bible days? Have those days gone beyond us? We're still in the day of his power. So you are not just in any casual meeting. The Bible says they used to call prophets seers in that day. Things about your life will be revealed. Answers to questions will be given. Solutions to problems will be found. Do you believe? I want you to know categorically. He prepared for you. He prepared for you. Praise Jesus. Let's read Samuel chapter 10 and verse 1 and 2. Are you all ready to read? All right, let's read together. One to go. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you, commander over his inheritance? Verse 2. When you have departed from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zelza. And they will say to you, The donkeys... Did you read that? They will say to you what? So you came here for something. God has a different plan for you. But guess what? Everything you were praying about will be solved by the road. By the side. Are you listening to me? God has a different agenda for you in this meeting. Saul was anointed. The donkey that seemed to be his major pain point was already found. The solutions to your problems are given already. I, I don't think you even believe what I'm saying. One of the major things that can help you in this meeting is response to key into what the Lord is making available. So please, <laughs> let yourself go. Amen. Let's read verse 3. Are you ready? Read with me. Everybody want to go? Then you shall go on forward from there and come to the there three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you. Ah. Alamana Kapai. 
Verse 4, everyone. Verse 5. And it will happen when you have come there to the city, you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with a stringed instrument and tambourine and flute and a harp before them and they will be prophesying. Then the Spirit of the Lord will Can we read verses together? I want to go. If you are part of the people whose lives will be changed, turn to another man in this meeting. Can you just pray in the language of the Spirit right now? He says he would meet prophets. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon him and he will become another man. That is the outcome of this meeting. I become another man. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Have your seats very quickly. We're going to read verse 9. Let's read together. One to go. What did God give him? And all those signs came to pass that day. Everything the Lord has said about this meeting comes to pass today. Every problem you came with, come, it, it, it is solved today in the name of Jesus. In verse 10, I want us to read together again. One, two, go. Verse 11. Hey, can we read this together? Verse 11, one, two, go. And it happened when all who knew him formally saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets that the people said to one another, what is this that has come upon the son of Kish? They would say, what is this that has come upon my Kelly Hey, next verse. Next verse. Then a man from there answered and said, but who is your father? Therefore it became a proverb. He saw among the prophets. Next verse. And when he had finished prophesying, he went to the high place. Next verse. Then Saul's uncle said to him and his servant, where did you go? And he said, to look for the donkeys. When we saw that they were nowhere to be found, we went to Samuel. Next verse. Next verse. That the donkeys had been what? Found. There are two things we see in this story. Number one, Saul became another man. Number two, he received a new heart. Do you believe that will happen to you in this meeting? When the power of God comes in contact with anything, that thing can't, it, it can't stay to tell the story. It disappears. 
it dissipates. And that's what's going to happen to you. Aye. What did I say? That's what's going to happen to you. Do you believe? Said so they saw him. And they said, is he among the prophets? He became different. He became like another man. That will be the outcome of this spiritual meeting. That people will say, is this not Michael? Ah! Is this not Tolu? She looks different. She sounds different. When I hear her speak, it's different. When he walks to the room, the atmosphere changes. Ah! That's my life. That's my life. That's my life. Glory. That's my life. And so I want you to prepare your heart for this experience. And expect this. Forget the donkey. Remember that God wants to change you. Please, forget the donkeys. Be ready for everything. And you will see that by the way, that problem was solved. That by the way, that healing happened. That by the way, that issue is with, with mommy is solved. That by the way, the issue with daddy is solved. Daddy's job is taken care of. By the way. But you will become a different person coming out of this meeting. In Jesus' name. Listen, I didn't plan to teach long today. I want to share something with you briefly. Open your Bibles, Numbers chapter 16 verse 19. Numbers chapter 16 and verse 19. Walk with me quickly. I want to move at the speed of light. Numbers 16, 19. Are we there? Numbers 16, 19. Are we ready? Alright, read together. Everybody want to go? And Korah gathered all the congregation against them at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the congregation. Next verse. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, That I may consume them in a moment. Next verse. Oh God, the God of spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin and you be angry with all the congregation. Listen, what I wanted to bring out of this for you is the fact that they called God the God of spirits. They called him what? The God of spirits. Numbers chapter 27 and verse 15. The Bible says, Then Moses spoke to the Lord saying, let the Lord, the God of spirits, let the Lord, the God of spirits, of all flesh, set a man over the congregation who may go out. John chapter 4 verse 23, the Bible says, but the eye is coming when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth because the Father is seeking such to worship him. He says, God is spirit. Two things. Number one, God is spirit. Number two, God is the God of spirits. What's number one? What's number two? Meaning, God is not just spirit, but all things that comes from him. He's God of those things as well. Every spirit that he created, he's God of those spirits too. What's number one again? What is number two? Listen, mankind is made of both immaterial and material parts. Amen? 
Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 7, the Bible says that the dust will return to the earth as it was and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Did you see that? Spirit. Matthew chapter 10 verse 28. The Bible says, do not fear those who are able to kill the body but cannot kill the soul. But rather, fear him who is able to what? Destroy both the soul and the body. What have we seen? Spirit. What have we seen? Soul. What have we seen? Body. Luke chapter 12 verse 4. The Bible says, and I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those. That's the synopsis of the first one I read. What do I mean by that? The gospels are called synoptic gospels. Meaning that they tell the same story from different views. Amen? So they are the same thing. So the first one I read to you is Matthew's account of that. Now I'm reading to you Luke's account in Luke chapter 12 verse 4. It says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And after, have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he has killed has the power to cast into hell. I say to you, fear him. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 5. It says, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit might be saved. So, we're seeing that the Bible gives a distinction of the parts of a man. We see the spirit, we see the soul, and we see the what? The body. I'll read a few more texts that show you that. 2 Corinthians 7.1 Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh, perfecting what? Holiness in the fear of God. So, it says, of the flesh and spirit. Do you see that? So, there is flesh and there is spirit. We've seen a few places where he mentioned soul. Alright? James chapter 2 verse 26. He says, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Why did I read all these texts to you? Well, mankind essentially is made of two parts. Are you learning something? Mankind essentially is made of what? Two parts, but functions as a three-part being. You see, there's been an age-long debate on whether there is the trichotomy or there's the dichotomy. Meaning, is man a two-part being or is he tripartite? Meaning, is he a three-part being? In scriptures, we see spirit, we see body, we see soul. But how many parts is man? Is it spirit, body, and soul? Is it soul and body? Is it spirit and body? Which is man? Hallelujah. Which is man? But we see in scriptures that man functions essentially, man is spirit. What did I say? Essentially, man is spirit. You are spirit. What is you, Shewa, is spirit. And so, yes, the Bible makes mention of spirit, body, and soul. But the word soul there is from the word suke. V-S-U-C-H-E. What does suke mean? It's the word from which you get psyche from. Psychology. Consciousness. So what is the soul? And you know why I'm teaching you all of this soon. The soul is that part of consciousness, will, emotions. Amen? But the real you is what? You're not sure? Spirit. So what then is the soul? 
And what part is the body? Now pay attention. You know what? I'm going to use a text to teach this. Go to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. Because even though we function as spirit, body, and soul, man is essentially two parts. And I'll prove it to you. The Bible says, And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. And it what? He did what? Brought into his nostrils the breath of what? And he became what? KJV will say he became what? Living soul. Are you paying attention? He became what? So, at creation, the Bible says God formed man from dust. And then he breathed into him. And that breath made him living. You see, the creation of the body. That breath is what gave the life. The spirit. So what then is the soul? Essentially, you are two parts. Spirit and what? Body. What did I say? Spirit and body. Where does the soul come in? The soul comes in because the soul is the product of a perfect union of the spirit and the body. Meaning, when God breathed into the nostrils of man, it brought about what you know as consciousness, psyche, suke. And that's where that awareness, the will, the emotion comes from. And that's why there is what we call the soul. So in function, we function as three parts. But essentially, we are what? Two parts. Is that clear to everybody? Is it clear to everybody? Great. One of the ways we see this is in the life of Lazarus and the rich man. The Bible tells us about a conversation happening. Lazarus is talking to the rich man. And the rich man is talking back to Lazarus. And they are talking with Abraham. So, the rich man is saying, Give me water to drink. Abraham is saying, No. It's essential to preach to my people. So, are these people dead? Yes. It means that when a person dies, there is more to the person than just the consciousness in this realm. You need a soul to function in this realm. But after this realm, you don't need a soul to function. Because you are spirit. Hey, are you listening to me? You are what? Listen, you, you mustn't get carried away with every other thing in this world. The body will bring its feelings to the soul. The soul will direct that to you, your consciousness, who you are. But essentially, you are spirit. What did I say? I am spirit. And there is a spirit realm. What is the outcome of this? If God is spirit, and God is the God of spirits, it means every spirit has to be in obedience to God. Are you listening to me? If God is the God of spirits, and you are spirits, it means you have to be in submission and obedience to God. Because after you drop this body, it's the spirit that will remain. What do you see biblically 
that spirit spends their time doing? Worshipping God. Except those in rebellion who followed the fallen angel, Lucifer. The rest of them, are in, the Bible talks about the host of heavens. Worshipping. Please, are you paying attention? They are what? Worshipping. Always there. Because God, as the God of spirit, commands the desires of everyone. As the God of spirit, he commands lordship of every spirit. Are you listening to me? He commands lordship. You respond to him because he's the God of spirits. Are you listening to me? And I'm talking beyond this realm. I'm talking even in the realm after. Hallelujah. How does it apply to this realm? Well, the only limitation you have is that you are in a body. And you can feel other things, other distractions. But you are spirit. And in the grand scheme of things, that is all that matters. Because the span of what you, which you have to live in this earth is infinitesimally small compared to eternity. You will spend more of eternity, I wanted to say lifetime, but eternity is outside time. You will spend the, the most part of existence as spirit than you would ever do as flesh. So you must think bigger. I know why I'm teaching this though. You must think what? Bigger. God is the God of spirits. He's your God. He's your God. And you are spirit. That must affect many things. The first thing that must affect is what I've coined to call purpose consciousness. What did I say? purpose consciousness listen the minute what i'm teaching you is ingrained in your heart you cannot see things usually anymore are you listening to me everything has to change everything has to change because you are not just flesh your life is not just what you live on this earth there is more these people seem to be communicating lazarus the rich man moses Elijah came to meet Jesus. Are you see what I'm saying? So, there's something beyond here. I, what did I say? You need to ingrain this in your heart. I am spirit. I am spirit. I am spirit. When you've not learned this, every other thing can disturb you. But some of us are not just thinking this realm. Some of us are thinking eternity. Because we know that we are spirits. We know. We know that after this world, we will be taken up to the clouds. And we will be with Jesus. And we will see him. And he will see us. And there will be rejoicing. And there will be a new Jerusalem. And a new earth where we will dwell. And even though, at that time, we will then receive new bodies. Which would not be this one that perishes. It will be one that will never fall sick. Listen. Stop thinking where you are now alone. This is the easiest way to let go of the things of this world and set your affections on things above. Because there is more. Amen. 
there's a spirit realm and the first thing this consciousness must affect listen if you learn what I'm teaching you today you will never struggle to follow God amen some of you are still thinking earthly only and yes care about the things of this world marry be given to marriage whatever it is enjoy but don't forget that you are spirit and God is the God of spirits he's lo a, a lot of you want to accept Jesus as personal savior you don't want to accept him as Lord God is the God of spirits there is more to your existence than just singing in the choir amen there is more to your existence than just Thursday and Sunday attendance and that's why I said one of the first things this must affect is purpose consciousness what is purpose purpose is that one thing for which you were created and at which you must succeed else nothing else you succeed at will count I'll say that one more time purpose is that one thing for which you were created and at which you must succeed else nothing else you succeed at will count please your purpose is not to be a mechanic your purpose is not even to be a medical doctor amen think about it do you believe that the only reason why God put you in this world is to be a fashion designer? Some of you go as far as saying, I design fashion for the kingdom. It's a lie. Amen? Purpose consciousness. It must affect that. What is that thing? You, you know, a lot of you take assignment as purpose. No. Every phone has a purpose. The moment you stop, purpose is not unique. Every phone has a purpose. The moment it stops doing that, it ceases to be a phone. The purpose of a phone is to call. If it cannot call, it becomes a tab. Amen. And that's why I said purpose is not unique. The purpose of every human is not also unique. And it is two things to know Christ and to make him known the first thing that happened in Eden was fellowship it was koinonia it was communion with God it's to know God it's to know Christ and then it's to make him known amen it's to make him known it's not unique no matter what you are doing if you are not doing those two things you are not fulfilling purpose. This is why you were created. For fellowship with God. Are you listening to me? For what? For fellowship with God. And that's why I said God being the God of spirits. is going to affect purpose consciousness. One of the outcomes of camp meetings is consecration. Amen. Is what? Consecration. If God is the God of spirits, he's my God. He's my God. There is more beyond this world. There is a purpose consciousness beyond my career. Beyond everything I'm doing right now. Oh yes, I will get married. 
but myself and my spouse are still servants of the most high God he has a plan for us on this earth even more than the ordinary and I must discover it and do it because it counts in the agenda of God God has an agenda bigger than social media are you, are you listening to me? If I did not ingrain anything in you today, I want to ingrain this in you. God has an agenda bigger than what you are thinking now. You know, when we were in school, we did ministry. By 300 level, the Lord told me, He said, you are thinking small. He said, you people are still functioning like Babcock is the only system in the world. He said, I'm preparing you in this system for the systems of the world. He said, because my agenda is greater. Some of you are still thinking your locality. God has a bigger agenda than that. And so, yes, focus on the small, but remember the big. Because God has a plan. Bigger than saying, I will preach to people with my relationship. Mba. Mba no. Amen. God has an agenda bigger. Eleven men that the gospel was given to, they did not say, ah, only Jerusalem. Ah! He says that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So there is the uttermost parts of the earth. There are nations. Because God is the God of spirits. And I am spirits. There is more. I long for that day. When I will see Jesus face to face. And he will say, well done, good servants. And I will join my preoccupation, which is worship to God. Some of you are thinking small. Don't wait till you get to heaven. The moment you got saved, your spirit was liberated. Now you have access. My spirit was liberated. I can fellowship. If you did not stream Abuja meeting, go and stream home. My spirit was liberated. Ah, I cannot. He says, those that worship must worship in spirit. And in truth, it says, God seeketh such. I, ah, I wait till the day when I will join the angels singing hallelujah. Hosanna. I wait till the day that I will join the host of heaven. Singing hallelujah, Hosanna, hallelujah, Hosanna, hallelujah, Hosanna, hallelujah, Hosanna, hallelujah, Hosanna. I wait till the day. When I will join the angels singing hallelujah. Oh,
Hosanna I wait till the day That I will join the angels Singing hallelujah Hosanna I long for the day that I will join the angels singing hallelujah Hosanna I wait for that day that I will join the angels singing hallelujah We will do the heart of the Father. We will sing heavenly symphonies. We will do the heart of give me thumbs. Hey, we would sing, we will sing. Heavenly symphonies, we will do. Hey, the heart of the fire. Oh, we would sing. resonates to this. There is more. More. Much more. Much more. So, if you spent the better part of this year forgetting that you have a heavenly mandate, my first task in this meeting is to remind you. Are you listening to me? Is to what? Luke chapter 12 verse 13. The Bible says in 14, it says, my life does not consist in the abundance of things possessed. Can you say that? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. My life. It doesn't matter how much money you make in this world. Death is a humbler of all men. I don't want to be a... I, I'm not doing this to scare you, but listen. 
one of the things that motivates me to do ministry I, the way I do is that death can come at any time. I have seen people lose their lives for things not bigger than my power. Someone is just fighting, fighting. Ah! Someone just punched him. Poof! And that was it. He just went still to the floor. Boom! People are sitting down and having blood clots. And they are dying. So listen. When I face my maker, what am I going to say with everything he gave to me? Are you listening to me? What, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? Because it can come at any time. And you know the worst part? Some of you are not as happy as I am that it can come as any time, at any time. Jesus, we are ready. I will answer a billion times. I am a soldier on the battleground. The voice of my commander. If you call my name, I will answer. Let me just tell you, he has called your name already. He has called you. But what are you doing with the call? Every believer is called of God. You might not be doing pulpit ministry like me, but you are called of God. What are you doing with that call? I know that this is usually end of camp teaching, but that's not this camp. I just want to get this out of the way. So you know that what you are receiving in this meeting is for dunia, is for the world. Is for the nations bigger and bigger. Have you noticed since we started, no camp meeting has been smaller than the next, bigger and bigger. Amen. God has graces to give to you. You know the point. I'm in that place where I don't want people to come for camp and receive and not do anything through the one year. Don't come. I'm serious. Very serious. Don't. Only come if you know that the gifts you received will be maximized. Because it doesn't matter what you receive if you don't put it to use. Are you listening to me? It won't matter. It won't matter. It won't matter. Purpose consciousness. Luke chapter 12, verse 16. Luke chapter 12, verse 16. Let's read together. I want to go. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no room? to store my crops. Next verse. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my bands and build greater than there. I will, and there I will store all my crops and good. Next verse. And I will say to my soul, So, you have made a good laid up for many years. Take your ease. Eat, drink, 
and be merry. Verse 20. But God said to him, Fool! This night, your soul will be required of you. Then those who will those things be, let's say that again. Whose will rather those things be which you have provided. Amen. <laughs> Lay no treasure on this earth where moth kill it but lay treasures in heaven and be rich towards God can you be rich towards God lay up treasures in heaven and be rich towards God I, I think this has been a strong theme this year in Jaira the Lord told us he says life is just life things will go up things will come down. A billion of us will pass this earth. You know, I was watching a cartoon series one time. Sometimes that's the safest thing to watch. Even those ones are not safe again, but it's well. I was watching a cartoon series one time, and the guy was a superhero, and he landed on Mount Everest, poof, and the tip of Mount Everest broke off. And I said, you know what? Billions of us have been on this earth, and that mountain has not moved. We did not even affect it a splinter. Billions of us. That's how almost insignificant our passing is on this earth. Amen. Carbon footprint or not, we are just passing. Amen. People lived thousands of years ago. There's nothing in this world to show that they lived. Only 2% of them made a mark for us to remember. Are you listening to me? but lay up treasures in heaven because this is small compared to the life you see I call it life uh, because your spirit is alive are you listening to me it's alive when Jesus won the victory everyone from Abraham's bosom went to be with Christ are you listening to me so us now, when we go, we'll be with Christ waiting for the end of this world where we'll be caught up with him in the clouds. Amen. <laughs> Let me tell you something. According to common and popular prophecy, we are close to the end of the, of the age. I will not say more than that. We're close. Almost everything that was prophesied to happen is either already happening or has happened or has started to happen. Amen. And even though it takes longer, you will not be on this earth forever. You have to do what the Lord has sent you to do and make it count that you're on this earth. Please, are you listening to me? Can you be rich towards God? How many souls did you save this year? How many? But how many would you do next year? Jesus, if you call my name, I will answer a billion times. Can someone sing it for me? Soldier on the battle, waiting to hear. 
As long as I'm alive, the same gospel, 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 the same gospel that brought many people like Mary Slesson to Calabar. The same gospel that made that brought men to travel to the shores of Nigeria. The same gospel. The same gospel. Some of you are receiving callings for assignments. The same gospel. 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 I've tasted of your goodness. I've tasted of your glory. And I will share it. The same gospel. 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 The same. The same. The same. The same. The same. The same gospel. 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 The same gospel, 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 the same gospel. I'm waiting for some of you to catch something in this atmosphere. The same gospel.
the angels are here already. They are giving assignments. They are giving assignments. They are giving assignments. Another man, for all God has called you for. What can God do in your life in 12 months? Talk to God. What can God do with your life in 12 months? What? Every project. Every idea, what can God do in your life in 12 months? can you do in my life in 12 months, Jesus? 12. This is yieldedness. Everything possible happens in my life in 2024. Nothing stopping me. We don't leave camp meetings without consecration. We live with ah, our lives ready to heed the call of God. Wherever he's sending us. What is that restriction? It's taking away. Uh, 
Jesus. Number two. What's, what's number one? Purpose consciousness. God is spirit. And God is the God of spirits. God is spirit. And God is the God of spirits. God is spirit. And God is the God of spirits. Number two, back in consciousness. You know, we can't start this meeting like we start other meetings because the meeting started since Windsor. So, first session cannot be introduction. I'm not here to introduce anything. Amen. <laughs> I'm not here to introduce anything. Back in consciousness. What did I say? We are spirit and the one who sent us can back us. For far too long, you've attempted to do ministry in your power. But I want to put in you back in consciousness. Amen. You've tried to do it in your abilities. How about you do it in God's abilities? You know that song? The one who sends me, oh yes, is with me. I go in his abilities. I go in his abilities. I go in his abilities. We must have back in consciousness. Hallelujah. Psalms 115 verse 16. You will not be a forgetful hearer in the name of Jesus. In my spirit, I'm just praying for two people devil has plans to just choke the word and the things you've received after now. But it's averted in the name of Jesus. Alright. You'll be effective in the name of Jesus. Psalms 115 verse 16. The Bible says the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to who? Say to me, you don't believe it. Say to me. Say the heavens are the Lord. Listen, God has given the earth to us. The children of God have the earth in our hands. And that's why I ask you the same question. What can God do in the earth through your life in 12 months? What can God do in the earth through your life in 12 months? what from this meeting till the end of next year what can God do through your life in the earth what can he do how yielded and how ready are you amen how yielded and how ready are you I, <laughs> you must learn how to partner with God for impact on the earth I came with the message. God wants to raise men in this meeting. Did you hear what I said? God wants to raise men in this meeting. Listen, the children of Egypt were comfortable, of Israel rather, were comfortable in Egypt until a king came who did not know Joseph. And when that happened, there was problems until God raised a man. 
until God raised the man, Moses, for them. They were comfortable. Now problems came, but God raised a man. And he raised Moses for them. And Moses led them out. And according to biblical theology, we know that exile for the children of Israel is a picture of the darkness that people face in this world. And that bringing them out of exile is a picture of the salvation from sin. God raised Moses to show them the brazen serpent that as many can look upon it, they will be healed. Can God raise you for your generation? Can you display the brazen serpent in your generation and say, look and see, look upon the Christ and you'll be saved. Can this happen in your life? God wants to raise men in this meeting. Are you listening to me? He wants to raise men. And, and that's what I just want to say. That you are not walking alone. You're not walking alone. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1. You know, before, before I go there, remember. You serve a God. Do you know what type of miracle it is? That the whole of Egypt, you know what happened in Egypt could be classified a pandemic. Even worse. No warning. Disease. So, a known disease is in town. And some people, the Bible says, are kept safe in Goshen. Some of you don't know how much of a miracle that is. Until you know the nature of diseases. Especially those that... Any disease that can spread over a whole people must be communicable. You didn't hear what I said. Any disease that can cover a whole nation, it's not going to come on, on them just like that. It will either be airborne. I get what I'm saying. That's the fastest way to spread any disease. So, a plague came on a city and specific people were safe. Do you know what it means? I don't even think it's impossible that no children of Israel came in contact with an Egyptian. But God kept them safe. When God sends you on an assignment, he backs you up with unexplainable events. How did it happen? I don't know. But the zeal of the, of the Lord did this one. Hey, you things that will happen without explanation because God is backing you up. I'm telling you, the Lord told me that what this will do for you is it will give some of you burdens for ministry heavier than your habits. You didn't hear what I said. He will give you burdens for ministry heavier than your habits. He will give you burdens for ministry heavier than your small thinking. It would overshadow every inconsistency so you live for Christ and Christ alone and his work and his work alone are you listening to me glory to God I said glory to God in Matthew chapter 10 verse 1 the Bible says and he called his 12 disciples to him he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease up your hands. Say, I have healing hands. 
Say, I have healing hands. We will heal the sick. I preach the gospel to everyone. To everyone. Everywhere. I go preaching the gospel with signs following. I go preaching the gospel with signs following. Whatever I lay my hands on, the power of God comes on it because I'm sent of God. I believe it. I know it. I put it to use. Glory to God. Let me tell you something. I'll end with a story. I've heard once, not once, twice, not even twice, more than twice, the same testimony of men who were passionate for the Lord. And even though they were passionate for the Lord, they wanted to start what the Lord has sent them to do. I heard of somebody, he printed 800 tracts shared it everywhere in Ikorodu for his meeting. Only four people came for that meeting. I was talking with pastor, you know, a pastor friend, Pastor Ola. He was telling me the story of somebody, of himself when they were in school. They used to have hall fellowship. He was the pastor of one of the hall fellowships. He invited everybody. Usually, nobody really comes only a handful of people. The same with this other person. So I've heard from many people, same story. Nobody. All those meetings, all those YouTube videos, we've been doing flyer for nobody. You know, I've even learned that flyer is not what it is. And tracks. But from everybody I've heard this story from, one day, everything changed. What did they do? They stood up. And they went to their prayer altar. And they held it and said, Lord, if you gave me this assignment, come true. You gave me the message. Bring the people. Lead me to the... I'm telling you, people that use 800 tracts and nobody came. On the day that they prayed, they, you know, usually, Pastor was telling me that usually in their meetings, the number of ladies is usually more than the guys. He said that day, the ladies, the number of ladies was even struggling to breathe. Are you listening to what I'm saying? In a university setting. And nobody had had that, that kind of record of people because they prayed. The Lord has been emphasizing this in my spirit for a long time. I was on the plane, a man of God. He said, I, he just looked at me and said, I perceive you are a man of God. And he started talking to me. Uh, it's that kind of talk where you want to do something else in the plane. But someone is talking to you you don't want to be rude. So you're like, let me just listen. And he said, sir, the Lord said I should tell you that if you don't already do cell groups, start doing it. And we just started cell groups this year. Then he told me something. He said, sir, I don't know what the Lord led me to share. He said, our church has a massive number of people. He said, do you know what we do, sir? Think of it. Is it not weird for someone to just be sharing this kind of thing to me? And they be like, what's provoking this kind of information? He said, I started something with my people. 
He said, when we evangelize, have you noticed? You can evangelize, evangelize, and you don't see anybody come back. You will follow up. They will stop responding to your calls. It's because your talk enough cannot do it. So I said, Lord, what is the way? He said, don't forget that even follow-up is done with prayer. There's the way you can pray about people's lives. They will pick your call. You are not hearing me. They will pick your call. So we must do things differently. The day these people decided to spend hours. So he said, you know what, sir? When we are done evangelizing, you know what I do? On Saturdays, I call my people. We start praying for the souls. We start praying for the souls. Before we follow up, before we call them, we start praying for them. God tells us things about them. We start praying for the souls. We must be effective. Enough doing work, work, work without impact. God can back up that assignment. So we must pray. You know, I, I, I spoke with my wife and I said, she told me, she said, we must start morning prayers. I said, ah, where? She said, in Canada. She said, because we're supposed to do a 1,000 soul march in Canada. And I know it's prayer that will do it. Your cell groups is prayer. It's prayer. All those people you've been preaching to, because God can back you up. But are you praying? Are you listening to me? You serve a God who can back you. The most important secret of walking in power is prayer. Ah, it's prayer. Are you listening to me? Don't limit God with your stereotypes. God has given you an assignment. Listen, let me say something that is not popular. You have a great heart. I know. I'm sent to the industry of finance. You, you have a great heart. I'm sent to the agricultural industry. You do have a great heart. I'm sent to the business world. You, you have a great heart. I'm a kingdom financier. You have a great heart. But please stop those stereotypes. Every believer is called to preach the gospel, sir. Every believer is called to ministry, man. Are you listening to me? There is no ministry without the preaching of the gospel. Amen? Amen. So be a kingdom financier, but join us on the road. Let's preach together. Amen. Are you listening to me? Stop all these stereotypes. Let God raise you in the medical space, but still be preaching with us. Know the gospel. Be able to teach it. Amen? Amen. I've seen men who are comfortable, drive big cars, one day I was going in the car with my friend's dad. He stopped in one place. He saw some boys playing football. He said, how much is it to buy all of you a kit? I said, I was thinking in my mind. Then when they gave him the amount, he said, okay, send me the account number. I'll send everything. Then when we were going, he just told his wife, he said, that's my first step of evangelism. He said, after I buy them kits, I'll invite them to church. I'll preach the gospel to them. Big, I'm telling you, he's a CEO of a big company in this country. You is only nursing council exam you are writing. You have stopped preaching. Amen. Money has not entered your hand now. Instagram, Instagram influencer. You see, I'm influencing the world with Instagram. You stop preaching. Listen. We will never get too big for evangelism. 
Never. There's no stage of your life. No stage of your life that you will not require prayer, the study of the word, evangelism. You will be a disciple forever. Do you know? Don't forget. So, put away all these stereotypes. Let's get back to the gospel. To orthodoxy. What's all this argument? The power of God is please let's get back to orthodoxy let's get back to orthodoxy let's get back to the plain gospel amen let's be in a congregation and it does not matter who has more money or who has less money let's go back hallelujah I have a lot I wanted to share but I'll say this Number three, I'll just say a few lines in it. Consciousness of the glory of God. One of the ways you must live your life is solely Deo Gloria. You know, since that year, the Lord has told me I'm going to do a teaching on it. I'm not yet ready. Because the Lord has been teaching me how that our lives must be lived to the glory of God. God, how are you glorified in what I do? Is what I'm doing glorifying your name? How? That my existence in and of itself must glorify God. That's how to live your life. Must glorify God. The greatest privilege of your life will be to serve God. That everything you do will be to the glory of God. Do you believe? Stand up on your feet, everyone. Did you receive something in this meeting?